Welcome to Tradewinds. I'm Robin van Pernbroek, your host. The World Trade Centers Association is a global partner of the China International Fair for Trade and Services, or CIFTIS, that takes place every year in Beijing. It is the world's largest gathering for trade and services, and this year again took place in person. The WTCA serves on the CIFTIS Vision Committee, and I had a pleasure of sharing my thoughts with Anna G, the conference host. Our conversation was widely shared on various media, including China Plus. As one of the international cooperation agencies, we find great value in CIFTIS for our global network of World Trade Centers. Here goes my conversation. One of the international cooperation agencies of the fair, how does your vision dovetail with the value of China International Fair for Trading Services? Well, I really firmly believe that we are a great match. We're actually an international trade association, and our mandate is to facilitate international trade and trade opportunities, investment opportunities on a global scale. Uh, we have more than 300 uh, World Trade Centers uh, around the world in nearly 100 countries. And so I like to describe our World Trade Centers as true beehives of economic activity. It, it's all about creating an environment where people can come together and, and try to do business and network in an environment of trust. So if you then think about the fact that all those, those World Trade Centers come together in membership groups around agriculture, around real estate, around conference and exhibition centers, where they share best practices, how to reopen safely, just as an example. So if you, if you then think of how, what our ecosystem is, and then you look at, at CIFTIS uh, as the, the world's largest comprehensive fair for trade and services, covering, I believe, 12 major sectors in trade, uh, CIFTIS has become a leading platform for spreading ideas, uh, connecting supply and demand, sharing business opportunities. So you, you can already see where, where the match happens, right? Um, and I think along with the China Import and Export Fair, uh, the Canton Fair and, 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 and CIIE, the China International Import Expo, with which we also uh, collaborate, and CIFTIS is definitely recognized as one of the top three uh, exhibition platforms uh, for China's reopening. And so due to the overlap between uh, CIFTIS coverage and the service uh, offering of our World Trade Centers and their business members, because let's not forget, it's not just about the 300 plus World Trade Centers, it's, it's about the tens of thousands of companies that they represented. For that reason, we, we really consider CIFTIS as an excellent access point to the Chinese markets, to the, in this case, the service markets for our World Trade Center Association Global Network, and also a great platform for the WTCA to support in a partnership with CIFTIS, the facilitation of global trade in services. We, we've really been honored to be part of, uh, of CIFTIS, to be an official international partner of CIFTIS uh, since 2016. And we have attended CIFTIS, uh, the expo every year, and also served on the, the vision committee of CIFTIS. And in the past uh, three consecutive years, we've actually organized forums with our local partners in China. And this year, we're going to host an international healthcare development forum uh, with the Beijing Association of Trade and Services and also other partners. So we're, we're very glad that to see CIFTIS has grown over the years in scale and quality and prominence. So we see this as a wonderful, uh, wonderful partnership. Mm -hmm. So despite the impact of the pandemic, there are still over 165 international participants from 108 countries and territories. Why do you think this fair appealing to these participants? What are their expectations? 
Yeah. Well, first of all, I think congratulate you know China for hosting such a large scale uh, exhibition and still in the middle of pandemic. I think it's a good uh, demonstration of the confidence in China on on effective uh, control uh, of the pandemic because it is not a sinecure to to host such a large scale uh, in person event. I think the large turnout is really a testimony to the fact that people need to see people. This is how you forge uh, relationships. So I'm not surprised to see that the, you have such a great uh, participation. I think it's it's great, and maybe different from previous years. Now there is a strong virtual component as well. Uh, the same happens with with our World Trade Centers. We have many, many, many companies um, through our network that have a great interest in investing in China, in selling into China, in buying from China, and doing in, conducting trade with China. And now they have an opportunity to participate uh, virtually. So we've seen tremendous also excitement in our network of World Trade Centers and their business partners to participate in the expo. On, on the expo itself, I'd like to say there's still, we have many conference and exhibition centers in our network that are licensees that are World Trade Centers. And this is, you know, the conference and exhibition industry is still slowly recovering. And the in-person return is taking up, but it's not where it used to be. So the fact that SIFT is again is happening is definitely a boost to the sector, uh, to the global development of the sector overall. And I do think many international companies uh, that we work with, and I would like to add that most of them are small and medium enterprise, mm-hmm. that they consider yeah. SIFT is as an excellent access point to the Chinese uh, service market. Uh, China's growth in service trade has been uh, quite steady, even in the pre-pandemic era. So uh, China has now been the second largest country in trade services for the past uh, seven years. So we see this uh, this development continue and, and tremendous potential uh, for growth of the service sector in China. And uh, that's where companies want to be part of. They want to be part of the further growth and development uh, in China. We've also observed an acceleration of a digital transformation across the board uh, during the pandemic. And the service sector has been, as you know, particularly hard hit in this regard. We're talking about tourism or, or, or travel and, and the conference and exhibition industry uh, as well. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I think SIFTIS this year will uh, serve also as a great platform to showcase innovations and, and new developments in, in service trade. So we're very excited uh, to join other international colleagues for this year's program and definitely look forward to working closely with SIFTIS to promote uh, the development of global trade in services. Mm. We know the theme of the fair this year is towards digital future and service-driven development. What's your reflection on the theme and do you see an urgency of it? Well, that's a very good question. (laughs) I think the theme is very well chosen because we have been uh, propelled, if you like, into, into the future because of the pandemic. And we've sort of moved from what we used to call globalization into what I think is more a digital uh, globalization. So I think choosing uh, the theme towards the digital future and service-driven development is a great way to summarize that major trend and, and other trends uh, of global trade in the post-pandemic. Uh, so I think digitalization is really transforming the way we live and do our business. It, it created a different life-work balance as well. Throughout the pandemic, we've seen a significant acceleration of digital transformation. It's just the pandemic accelerated uh, things greatly. So we're really entering this new phase of globalization, of a digital uh, globalization. And this is also brought benefits right? because we see on the one side of the spectrum, people have been physically uh, removed distant from their communities because of distancing. But then on the other hand, we see also that companies across the board have gained resilience 
and have even thrived throughout the pandemic just because of their successful transformation and adoption of technology and digitization. That applies to our organization as well. We want to lead with technology. And our mission is really to bring people together, right, to facilitate international trade. And therefore, we're now introducing an artificial intelligence-powered business-to-business matchmaking platform where we can bring together companies from all around the world, across all sectors and industries, for an effective matchmaking where if we know that people in the thousands can necessarily come together on a, on a short notice, we can organize virtual events where we have an algorithm actually help find the best possible matches for companies around the world. So this is, I think, what the future um, will, will look like. And I can only hope that the SIFTIs now this year, the in-person SIFTIs, will really boost the momentum of recovery for the global exhibitions industry, because many are still uh, struggling and, and help to facilitate trade between China and the rest of the world. And, and again, serve as a, a platform to demonstrate and stimulate innovations and new technologies. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's, we have to constantly improve ourselves, innovate. Uh, if, uh, the, the whole notion about either you, uh, you will become a disruptor or you will be disrupted, uh, that, that is all has to do with how much we are open to, uh, to innovate and to, uh, to reflect inwardsly and to sort of renew uh, how, we, how we do things. So. Mm-hmm. You've been talking about your perspective on the future of the international service trade earlier. Uh, how do you assess China's position in this realm? Because we know uh, globally about 55% of international trades were linked to services trade in 2019 before the pandemic. And over the past decade, the volume of a service trade has increased by over 50%. The total volume is expected to reach 8 trillion US dollars in 2025. So how do you see China and China's role in this sector? Well, it's a very good question. I, of course, do not have a crystal ball, but I would say that the service-driven development has gained momentum and before the pandemic and continued actually to accelerate during the pandemic. And uh, the growth of service trade has outpaced, as you said uh, rightly, uh, that of commodities and manufacturing. But also the service component has become more important even in in manufacturing and creating added value. So it's, it's become much more difficult now to untangle or to separate the, the service trade from, let's say, manufacturing or the commodity trade. And China's growth in the service trade has been very steady in the pre-pandemic era. China has been the, the second largest country in the trade services for the past uh, seven years, which is very consistent to China's position in the overall uh, global trade. And let's not forget China is now the second largest economy in the world, will most likely very soon be the largest economy in the world. Um, so there is obviously a tremendous potential uh, for China in the service trade. Um, according to the World Bank and the OECD, the contribution of services to the overall economy around the world was about 70, 74% in developed countries. While in China, this was about 60%. So this gives us an indication also how much growth opportunity there is. So I do think that China has a very important role, again, to play there with lots of opportunity. And what also I think is an important element here is that the areas of, of services tend to be much more value added and also more sustainable. So when we look at our environmental footprint, I think that transformation is also taking place. So there's many reasons why growth in the service sector is uh, is beneficial. The intertwining of, of manufacturing with the, the services and then including the technology components, sort of that formula will definitely be there to stay. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you are in the United States, so we're both very clear about that. So a lot of Chinese companies and American companies they are facing challenges nowadays. But China and the United States are still very connected by both commodity and service trade links. So for your organizations, what have been done uh, to bridge the cross-Pacific businesses, especially during the tough policies from the uh, Washington? Yeah, well, I mean, this is what happens in in history. It has always been been happening when you have large trade blocks. They try to recalibrate and redefine their place. And I think the growth of China in the past uh, couple of decades has sort of disrupted the fact that there were only two trading blocks globally. Now there's three, and China is is finding its place in that. So it's a bit of a reshuffle happening as we speak. And there is, of course, a situation where there is a crisis and a disbelief in globalization as a whole. But this is a global phenomenon. This is not just unique to Europe or the United States or other parts of the world. And they're asking their representatives to find different solutions. Unfortunately, we see a lot of inward looking now with political rhetoric and tariffs. But despite all of that, what the U.S.-China trade, the two economies are so intertangled and interconnected as the two largest economies have been for a very long time. It has not really, really made a major impact. So I think the U.S. and China are the two of the, the largest regional networks also of the World Trade Centers Association. Together, the United States, China, they count for about a quarter of our global membership base of World Trade Centers. And in the past decades, we've worked very closely with both public and private sectors in both countries to promote trade and investment opportunities and to serve local business communities through our World Trade Centers. We offer and continue to offer a wide range of trade and investment facilities, services, to provide companies with critical information to succeed in cross-specific business. And I think a very important component here is the the notion that I'm personally very much focused on is creating a a better uh, intercultural understanding. We we need to spend more time and pay more attention to understanding one and another and understanding uh, different cultures. So that is also what, when when our members, our licensees, our world attenders come together globally, that this is where that intercultural understanding really happens. We're like this beehive of economic activity and people like to operate in an environment of trust. So it is in that environment of trust that our members anywhere in the world actually trust and get to know uh, the World Trade Centers in other places of the world, which enhances this cultural understanding. So if you look from a people-to-people or business-to-business perspective, the ties are as strong uh, as ever. I think we just need to move on from some of the political uh, rhetoric and the instability that uh, creates. Other examples of things that we are doing to specifically uh, forge the ties with China and also the understanding of China is our participation in both CIFTIS and the CIIE this year. Uh, We consider uh, both events as excellent access points to the the vast Chinese market, uh, which will help us to reach out to our global network. Mm -hmm. And uh, local business communities that they serve will participate in this year's event. Uh, showcasing sort of what what Chinese companies can do and how they can connect with others in the world. We've also worked closely with um, partners in in both countries to facilitate that that mutual understanding. Uh, Recently, we hosted, co-hosted a webinar with the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations. It's a very prominent organization in the United States that's been around for many decades, really focused on forging the, the friendship and the ties between the United States and China. And the the webinar was really on how U.S. small and medium-sized enterprises can benefit from the uh, U.S.-China trade and also how they were impacted by tariffs, for example. Let's let's go listen to the businesses themselves. Let's go and listen to 
people that actually run a business, uh, what is the impact on them, on their business of certain policy decisions that are being taken? And so for the remainder of the year, we're going to co-host two major forums with the China Council uh, for promotion uh, of international trade, CCPIT, uh, which, is, which is, again, a demonstration of how much we are you know, trying to work with China. And uh, one is going to be the World Business Leaders Roundtable uh, during uh, CIFIT in Xiamen in, in early September, in a couple of weeks. Another one will be a Belt and Road Conference uh, for Chinese listed companies uh, in mid-December. And I had the, the pleasure to speak at both forums uh, last year and, and very much look forward to doing that again this year and also bringing that same message of focusing on, on a better uh, intercultural uh, understanding. Mm-hmm. China International Fair for Trade in Services is one of the three China's major international exhibition platforms for China's opening up, as you mentioned earlier, to the outside world. Through the fair, how do you view China's relationship with the world in terms of economic connection and the financial cooperation today, with COVID-19 pandemic posing a grave challenge to all economies? Uh, yeah, the, the pandemic certainly is, is continued to prove very challenging for many economies around the world. This is also, uh, I think, a matter we see, uh, we have an environmental crisis happening. We see hurricanes and floodings and huge fires everywhere. Uh, you put that in context with a lot of geopolitical challenges, right, where safety of a lot of people, we see high numbers of refugees around the world. And then you, you add to that the whole uh, the global health crisis. If you put all of that together, that is so many moving parts. There's really challenging uh, economies. But I would say that the development uh, sort of in the rise of China in the past four decades has been truly phenomenal in, in history. Uh, China has lifted over 700 million people uh, from poverty and improved the standard of living of an entire population. So China's policy to open up and also its accession to the World Trade Organization have also played, of course, critical roles in this development. So China has been a very important actor here, an important player. And we're very pleased to see that that China has made such a headways in multilateral and bilateral trade and investment agreements, uh, such as the recent signing of the RCEP uh, and also the completion of uh, the negotiation for the EU-China investment agreement uh, last year. China has also expressed interest in comprehensive and progressive agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership, the CPTAP, which would further sort of integrate China's trade markets with the rest of the world. One thing I would add here, though, is that there is also a crisis if it comes to the global trade infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those things where when we talk about crisis of globalization, many people around the world feel that the global trade infrastructure is not serving them is not benefiting everybody around the world, and especially small and medium enterprises. So I think all the trading blocks, the large trading blocks in the world, United States, China, and Europe, really have to focus on stabilizing their trade relationships. Because for companies, for people around the world, its stability is absolutely key here. And the reform of the global trade infrastructure within the WTO context is absolutely necessary so that the system can actually work for everyone and can become more inclusive because that is really going to be also a very important element for for stability. And and China, I think, as a member of WTO and as one of the largest trading blocks, has a very important role uh, to play there and can take a leadership role in uh, redefining this global trade infrastructure within the WTO context so that the system actually works 
for everyone and is inclusive for, for everyone. And with everyone, I really focus on small and medium enterprises mainly because multinationals don't, they know where to go when they need help. But I think small and medium enterprises are still the bread and butter of the global economy, of, of very important contributor to regional economies, national economies. And we have to make sure that people, you know, as, as many have lost faith in globalization as we know it, sort mm -hmm. of pick that up again and find belief that the trade infrastructure is there also to benefit them and to support uh, them doing business around the world and not just in their in their national uh, economy, so to speak. If you have any ideas for future episodes, know someone who would be an inspiring guest or just want to stay apprised of our show, please make sure to connect with our team via email at podcast at WTCA.org. Be sure to head over to podcast.wtca.org and subscribe to the show. We will see you soon.